Episode of Everything's Fine. My name is Kyle Pagan. I am your host. As always, we have an awesome, awesome show for you. We have Reds. He's a casino dealer. He worked at Harris. He worked at Parks. He's going to give some stories from when he worked there. He's going to talk about what it's like to win $75,000. We're talk about what he did with that $75,000. Blackjack etiquette. But everyone's doing this. We're reviewing Space Jam 2. You gotta. It's a cultural moment in our society right now. Um, there will be spoilers. If you skip this because there are spoilers, reevaluate your life. The Toon Squad wins. Boom. If you didn't know that, reevaluate your life. So let's get right into that. Uh, Space Jam 2, a synopsis. First off, this movie doesn't get made if 9-11 never happens and uh, the Patriot Act isn't signed. So thanks for that, Bin Laden. Um, it's an acid trip of product placement and at no point were they ever in space. Uh, it's loosely based on a true story, I want to believe. It opens up, the first thing we learn is that Julius Campbell, he's uh, the linebacker from, remember the Titans, strong side, weak side, strong side, weak side. Uh, without him, LeBron James never gets to the NBA. It's a fun fact. Um, after Julius graduated from T.C. Williams, he moved over to Akron, Ohio. He coached LeBron in youth basketball, and he made LeBron throw his Game Boy away in the trash that his friend just gave him to focus on basketball because he knew and he would be in the NBA someday. Fast forward to present day, all that tough love that Julius Campbell gave LeBron, LeBron then turned that into him being a bad sports dad. So he's like Marv Marinovich, Earl Woods, a little bit of LeVar Ball, all wrapped into one. He's a tyrant. He forces his sons to practice basketball 24-7. He won't let them play any video games like he wasn't allowed to. His youngest son, Dom, he's like this software engineering like child prodigy. And he's probably one day going to work for Nike. And he's probably going to create an app, and it's probably going to be used to locate cheaper and more efficient child labor in war-turned countries. But right now, though... Dom's focus is on building a basketball video game, but a basketball video game that rewards style points over fundamentals. And this drives LeBron crazy, pisses him off. So in a blind fit of rage, he goes into Dom's room and he deletes the video game his son has spent the last like two years working on. Pretty shitty thing from a father. But like I'm telling you, immediately, we know LeBron, this is loosely based on a true story. He's a bad sports dad. He's a bad sports parent. So the first time we actually see LeBron showing a little bit of, of heart, uh, he ends up feeling pretty bad for Dom. Uh, for some reason, he invites him to a uh, business meeting at Warner Brothers um, to smooth things over. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go into my dad's work after we just had a falling out and he just deleted the most creative thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but anyway, uh, during the meeting and unvaccinated LeBron James, he starts to experience COVID-19 symptoms and he faints. He's rushed to the hospital. He's put on a ventilator. 
And uh, while he's unconscious, he experiences some sort of fever dream. I think it was brought on by the side effects of the hydroxychloroquine. And in the dream, he finds out that the NSA has been spying on him and his shitty parenting the whole time. And he finds out that Don Cheadle, you know that Don Cheadle? He lives in your Alexa. That's what we find out. Don Cheadle lives in your Alexa. Basically, he lives in all your smart devices. So if you're ever talking to your smart fridge, your Alexa, your Google Home, you're talking to Don Cheadle. And in the dream, LeBron's son, his name Dom, he's kidnapped by Don Cheadle. And he's sent to a digital universe called the Serververse. And he makes LeBron recruit a team full of cartoons to beat his super team at basketball to then get his son back. Which is the first move that Don Cheadle doesn't actually think of. It doesn't actually make sense in this movie because if the cell reception sucks and he doesn't really get like alerts or like the news, he should know that LeBron is like the greatest recruiter of players to, to beat super teams. So LeBron goes to Looney Tune land. He's actually sent there by, uh, by Don Cheadle and he runs into Bugs Bunny. And immediately they commit Grand Theft Auto and they steal a spaceship to go to the other universes, the DC universe, the Harry Potter world. The, there was a Mad Max, a Casablanca world, whatever. They, Warner Brothers ball washed themselves this whole movie. The, I, I'm telling you, the product placement was insane. So they commit Grand Theft Auto. They steal a spaceship to go to the other worlds, probably setting off in future intergalactic war. It's going to wipe the Looney Tunes out, like it wiped every team out that LeBron's ever, ever left, turning them into a lottery team. That's down the line. LeBron, selfish guy, doesn't care. So he goes to all the worlds and everything. He recruits the Looney Tunes. He's, uh, while he's recruiting, uh, Don Cheadle is, uh, is pulling some like real weird, like cult-like manipulation shit on, uh, on LeBron's son, Dom. Convinces LeBron's son that his dad is a bad guy because he's always abandoning teams like Cleveland twice, Miami once. He's doing you know promo shoots. He's, he's always away. He's abandoning his sons. Some real messed up, like Jim Jones, Charlie Manson kind of stuff. And of course, it works. You know, Dom's got like a smooth brain. I mean, he doesn't have any crevices. His brain's not even fully functioned yet. Um, you fast forward to the game, and every movie character in the history of Warner Brothers shows up in the stands. We have the mask, the penguin, uh, Pennywise. He's like a he's like a child molester. He like eats children for a living, and he's like. LeBron's daughter's there, like five feet away, and he's eyeing up LeBron's daughter, ready to make his move. It's, it's just weird. Uh, the White Walkers, King Kong is there. Even the shitty movie characters, like Catwoman and, and uh, the Iron Giant was there. Supposedly, Tony Soprano's in there, too, which is absolutely insane. It's, it's almost, you, you got to watch it to, to believe it almost how ridiculous it is, how much they just shoved down your throats, Warner Brothers. Anyway. So the game they're playing, it's based off of Dom's video game from earlier in the movie. And at that point, they must have injected LeBron with more meds to, to get the COVID-19 fever down. Because all of a sudden, like Diana Taurasi, she's like shows up as a snake, like the White Mamba. Uh, Anthony Davis, he's like the real scientific representation of a pterodactyl. He's got feathers, uh, long, long wings and shit. Uh, I think Clay Thompson is an oil spill. Uh, he turns from fire and water, and you know, I, I saw the Exxon Valdez uh, videos. You know, fire only can be on water when there's an oil spill. Um, Damian Lillard, he looks like a Rolex the Migos would wear, and uh, and they're called the Goon Squad, and and the point guard is uh, LeBron's son, 
So in the first half, the goon squad, they go up like a thousand points. LeBron gets two concussions, uh, probably should have been in the protocol, but uh, he plays anyway, which I don't know if we're calling a spade a spade. It kind of sets a bad example for, uh, for the kids to play through serious head injuries. I look up to LeBron, but halftime comes, they're down a thousand. Michael Jordan shows up. Michael Jordan goes to the locker room to help. LeBron tells him to fuck off and go away. Tells him he's the GOAT. I disagree. Uh, They decide Bugs Bunny should replace LeBron as coach, and the team starts clicking automatically. Like Wally Coyote, he heats up in the third. He pulls out this contraption. It's like that Adam Aaron uh, T-shirt cannon with all those different um, cannons on it. You know, during the process days, like, and it's just scoring buckets at will. He gets the the tune squad within like 300. Uh, the granny character actually plays a pivotal role in the second half, which I never understood uh, how an old lady with like osteoporosis is uh, is a Looney Tune. Uh, doesn't really make sense, but she freezes Dame time. Like the only person that can stop Dame in Dame time is this old grandmother with early Alzheimer's. Um, the Roadrunner, he gets into the Bug, Bugs Bunny uh, Coke stash, starts flying up and down the court, scoring at will. And uh, during a timeout, I don't know, LeBron just walks over to his son and, and, and says he's sorry and that he can play video games now, and his son forgives him. Just, just forgives him. It, it makes zero sense. I mean, like, Dan Gilbert didn't apologize faster than LeBron's son, uh, forgave him when uh, LeBron was coming back to uh, Cleveland for that Comic Sans font letter that he that Dan Gilbert wrote the fans. Um, yeah, so the Toon Squad get within one, and uh, they find out that someone has to sacrifice themselves to win and activate a glitch in the game. The story writing wasn't good. I mean, it it, it probably had Bezos and Zuckerberg with the NSA in one writer's room. And then it just had a bunch of people who were just sucking off LeBron and Warner Brothers in another room writing, and they just just merged the two scripts together. So, like, the two, the Toon Squad, they're down one. Um, someone has to sacrifice themselves. LeBron volunteers. What a leader. Obviously, it doesn't go that way. When the inbounds pass comes to LeBron, Bugs steals it. Classic LeBron. Probably could have gotten it. Need his teammates to come through for him in crunch time again. Ray Allen. Bugs shoots it. It activates the glitch. It's way short. Like, way short. Like, he might as well have just pulled a J.R. Smith and just backed it out. Of course, LeBron sees this. He jumps on this power-up to make him jump higher. Uh, He catches it, and he dunks all over 56-year-old Don Cheadle to win the game 1,042 to 1,041 while also committing elder abuse in the process there. So obviously Bugs sacrifices himself. And and as Bugs Bunny is dying, LeBron wakes up from his medically induced coma, except we're two years later and he's surrounded by his family and he's surrounded by his Lakers teammates. And while he was all in the ventilator, the Lakers won back-to-back titles without him. And since he was technically on the roster, he gets both rings, which now matches him with Michael Jordan. The camera then pans over to another scene, and as a new R. Kelly starts to play, an unreleased song plays lately in the background, LeBron James at a press conference announcing his retirement from basketball. And that's how Space Jam 2 ends.
I'll tell you what. Space Jam, there's been a lot of knocks on, on Space Jam 1 that it, it sucked too. When Space Jam 1 comes on, and I'm a LeBron guy. I like LeBron. When Space Jam 1 is on TV, I stop and watch Space Jam. I will never watch this movie ever again. If Space Jam 2 goes on HBO, I will not watch Space Jam 2. I will never stop what I'm doing and watch Space Jam 2. I'm talking like Space Jam, Shawshank, Space Jam, Saving Private Ryan. If all three of them are on Bar Rescue Fourth, if all four of them are on at the same time, it goes Shawshank, Space Jam, Saving Private Ryan, Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue and Saving Private Ryan are interchangeable. Um, those are just the facts. Space Jam 2 stunk. It was just weird. The product placement was weird. The acting by LeBron was just weird. The first 20 minutes, he says some, he says some things like that are just like, what, how is there not a second or third take on that? So go watch it. Go watch it because it's a cultural moment, really. But don't go in there thinking you're about to see uh, Scorsese direct The Irishman. So let's get over to Reds. Uh, like I said, Reds is a casino dealer. He's got some great stories from working at Harris, working at Parks. Like I said, he won $75,000 at one point on one hand in poker. Uh, fun guy, fun Delco guy. And you'll, uh, you'll pick that up by the end of the interview. So here's Reds. Sioux CBD is a local hemp-derived CBD product that contains no THC. Their all-natural, vegan, gluten-free products are used for, to relieve stress and pain while helping to aid sleep and inflammation. You can choose from products like gummies, tinctures, rubbing cream, and 10% of all their profits from every sale go to the National Alliance of Mental Illness. So you can find them at soothelife.com. You can use promo code FIND10, that's P-H-I-N-E 10, for 10% off a checkout. It's a great way to support the show if you enjoy the show. All right, we are joined here by Reds. Reds is a casino dealer. He was a poker dealer at Parks, a blackjack dealer at Harris. Reds, great name for, uh, for a casino dealer, by the way, a great nickname. Do you just like rip Marlboro Reds? Is that like your MO? Well, yeah. So uh, I, I used to smoke Marlboro Reds back in high school, but um, I grew up um, and I, I have red hair, uh, obviously, as you can see from here. Actually, it's, it's, it's turned, pretty dark. Yeah, it's, it's turned, it used to be a lot more uh, like vibrant. You know, it used to be like someone got cheese curls and kind of like rubbed it on the top of my head. So actually, when I was nine years old, I uh, was at Dorney Park with my brother and they had like the spray shirts and you could like write on something and he got one and it said like little devil. It was like the one cool shirt. Yeah. And um, I like started crying because he got the cool shirt and I didn't know what to get. So my aunt was like, why don't you get one that says like reds? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So when I was nine years old, my aunt gave me the nickname reds and it just stuck ever since I was nine years old. Um, I mean, it's a pretty popular nickname if you have yeah. red hair. I mean, but uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you hear all the no soul jokes from like South Park and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so I got that nickname when I was like nine years old. And then by the time I was like 13, 14 years old, I'm introducing myself. Hey, what's your name? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm Reds. My, my real first name's Justin, but I mean, Reds just, I, I like Reds a lot better. You know, there's millions there's, of there's, Justins out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but before Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake, I was real like, this name sucks. But yeah. after those two guys came along, I was like, ah. You know, if those two guys can pull it off, maybe I can, and then not really. I'll Justin just Upton, I'll... Justin Guarini. So, did South Park ruin your life? No, it didn't ruin my life, but it was kind of brutal because, like, you know, kids that, like, thought they were, like, hysterical were like, oh, yeah, you got no soul, like, you yeah. ginger, and it's like, ah, it's funny. But then, like, 
it just keeps going on and on. It's like, yo, like I watched the show. I, I get what you're saying, but like, do you got anything new? Do you got anything like original or are you just going to like repeat after a show? You know? Did, so. did you ever see the YouTube video from back in the day of the ginger has no soul kit? That was like the one that kind of started it off. Yeah, I do remember it vaguely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Um, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't, it was mainly from like people that didn't like know me, like people that knew me wouldn't really say that. I mean, it's not like I would like beat them up. Like I'm not tough or anything like yeah. that, but like, you know, I just didn't think that what I didn't think it was that funny. Not because I've red hair and like, it took, I just was like, South Park is so much more funnier stuff than that. Well, I can relate because everybody I meet who's new, they always do the cow. And it's like, okay, that was funny, you know, the first couple of times. And then when the show's been on for like 20 plus years and you just continue to use the cow, it's like, eh, like, all right. That was the funny the first time, but the yeah, 30th exactly. time. So if I feel like yeah. you have the same thing where it's like, okay, great. I have the gingers have no souls, but you got to cope with anything new. After a certain amount of time, it's like, come on, got to go on with a new thing. So you worked at Harris, you worked at Parks. You dealt yep. poker at Parks, right? Poker Parks, yeah. Harris, Blackjack. Okay. Yep. So um, I started. I started at Harris and dealt blackjack for um, for like a month, and then I went to Parks. Um, I went to Parks. When you deal um, poker, you get to keep your tips. Where yeah. like in blackjack and like roulette, like those table games, if you tip a dealer, they all pull them together. Like and this is like universal. Like those guys pull the tips together, and they split it. So like they end up getting it was like fifteen bucks an hour or something like that. Um, but like dealing poker, um, you get to keep your tips. So dealing poker is close to like 25 an hour. And if, if you dealt like a high hand or give somebody a big pot and they hooked you up, you actually saw it. Where like in blackjack, if somebody hooks you up, it's like, I'm splitting this with like hundreds, like, you know, a hundred other people for the day. And it's like, I'm seeing maybe a, a $2 an hour increase or maybe a dollar an hour increase instead of like, you know, I'm seeing like 40 or 50 bucks extra here. Are there shittier games to deal? So like, when you're working as like a food vendor, I know like the guys on the hot days, they want the beer and the water and they want to be in the first deck. Then some guys are like, okay, the guys who are less seniority, they get like coffee or something that sucks on like a hundred degree days. And they're like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell this. Is there a seniority factor where it's like, Hey, reds, you know, he's been here for five years. He's getting blackjack or he's getting the high roller poker table. Like what's that like? For blackjack and for um, for poker, it was you're on. It's called a string. So it was just this order. You get randomly placed in this order, and it was just you go down the line. So like sometimes it was a good string where it's like I'm hitting, and I'll, I'll get into that right after. Like a good string, and then sometimes you got a bad string. Um, with blackjack, I was only there for a month, so I wasn't really sure, and I only dealt blackjack, so I didn't get the deal like three card poker roulette. So it was a lot of blackjack's a one to one game. Like you're not they have the side bets for like the lucky ladies. Uh, I think I dealt that once maybe. So like, you're not, if somebody wins blackjack, like they're winning like one-to-one, -one, like you're not winning a lot of the time. I mean, they can go on a hot streak, but they'll be sitting a 500 to one, like lucky. Well, somebody did hit the lucky ladies. If you're familiar with blackjack, but it's um, very rare. You're saying there's a side bet that if you put up separate to your bet, that if you get the queen of hearts and the queen of hearts, you get like 500 bucks. So I think I dealt that once. Like I dealt to one dude and he was a young kid and I don't think he even knew to tip. Um, so I think he came back and I was like, Oh nice. You can hook me up and gave me like five bucks. I was like, keep the change, dude. Like you shouldn't, you know, like I, I don't need that. Uh, I'd, I'd rather tell the story about how I got stiff than get five bucks, you know, but with poker, poker, the strings were, um, the strings, they were definitely good and bad strings. So like, do you wanted like 
I don't want to say it was always the higher limit games, but like the higher limit games, like you definitely want a no limit game because a no limit game, someone could win a huge pot where like a limit game, like six twelve oh eight or something, the limit games, you're, you're, the pot has like a cap. So like yeah. a dude can win like 300, like, you know, hundred, 200 bucks on, on a pot. But if they're betting five, 10 bucks at a time, that's not too big. But if a guy's playing one, two, no limit poker and wins like, you know, 900 bucks on a hand, he's like, yo, here's 20, here's 30, like you get hooked up. I mean, there's also like dudes that suck at tip. Like there was regulars who like after dealing for a certain amount of time, there's the repeating guys, you know, yeah. you know what, what guys are good tippers, what guys are bad tippers. Um, what guys are good tippers and sometimes forget and you got to be like yo uh that was a good hand like as you're getting up you're kind of like oh yo congrats on that hand and they're like oh did i get you and you're like ah, i don't think so and then they're like oh here you go you know so like yeah so so the, the better strings were definitely the ones like that were high limit games but not like the highest limit because the highest limit are professionals so like at parks parks is the is parks and Borgata are the best poker rooms in the area mm-hmm. on on the east coast to be honest like um so parks there's a lot of on tuesdays tuesday is the big big day that they have like the high limit games there it's random it's like a tuesday it's tuesday night but it's like that's when they have the 25 25 no limit poker games um will you get like some big dudes like nagaranyu or like phil ivy coming in or like maybe some lower level like world Series um, poker guys? yeah yeah like lower like um i dealt to or i've seen i didn't deal to them because there's 40 tables so like uh, the one in 40 chance that i'm dealing at their table um joe mckeon who won the world series of poker uh scott blumstein who won the world series yeah. of poker um, to temple yeah yeah exactly scott went to temple um he was he was like roommates or, or with a guy that i knew um we but, probably know the same and, people because i know him too that's funny okay Small world. um yeah and then uh i'm trying to think uh sam grizzle was in there he was a dude that was like infamous with the hand with uh Phil Helmuth, like Phil Helmuth was like crying and this dude, Sam Grizzle was just like, giving him the business. Just being like, he's got like a real Southern accent. And then um, Aaron Marmelstein, like he's pretty good. Um, I mean, Blumstein, like if you won the world series of poker, yeah. y- you know, you're, you're pretty, uh, pretty good. Well, you're pretty lucky too. I mean, it's not like, it's true. you know, so uh, yeah. So I dealt to some of those guys, but yeah, but, but with the tipping, the high like the highest games weren't the best because these guys are pros so like even if they won a huge pot like you were kind of capped there like you're getting one or two dollars and the standard for poker was a dollar or two a hand so with those guys if you're getting like in the half an hour down you're getting like 15 bucks like you're you're going to get that at a one two no limit table if you don't get a big hand so like those those tables you're getting a solid 15 to 20 bucks for that half an hour but like your floor your your floor is here and your ceiling's here where like the other games, it's like your floors here and your ceilings like up here. Like you, you have a chance to win a lot of money, but with those games, like those guys aren't gonna, don't really hook you up. And then there's also uh, a chance for at parks, they have a bad beat jackpot, which I actually hit when I was a player at Harris. Would that pay so out? It was 150 grand. Sheesh. And the, win- the losing hand, the guy who loses the hand to a better hand gets 50% of it. And that was me. And I got 75 grand. And there's, there was like a picture. It's like me with like a big check. My parents were actually at the track uh, with me. So I got, the, I was dealing at parks. I got done early and my brother texted me. He's like, Hey, we're at Harris. Come on down. We're betting the ponies. So I go down. We're betting the ponies, having a good time. The ponies end at like 10 PM. My mom and dad know that I play poker, but they don't know how the game's played. So they're like, Hey, 
like, can we watch you play? So I'm like, yeah, you can watch me play. So I pull up a seat behind me, two seats. My mom and dad are kind of just like looking over and at the table, like they're all like, what the hell is this kid doing with his two parents? Like, what, like when you play poker, you don't have somebody watching you. Every once in a while, somebody has their girlfriend like behind them because yeah. like, they want to play poker for 15 minutes. So the girlfriend's right watching them. Nobody has their parents. So I have my parents watching me and they're like, oh, you're doing good. You're doing good. I'm like, no, mom, I just lost 50 bucks. Like get out of here. Get off me. Yeah. You know, so. Go play the slots, mom. Yeah, exactly. So after like 10 minutes, I'm kind of playing tight because I don't want to lose money. And, I, and I'm kind of distracted to talk to my mom and dad, explain to them like what's going on. And I'm, as I'm explaining, my mom's nodding her head. My dad's, yeah, but they have no idea what's going on. So like 20 minutes later, they, uh, they leave. And my dad, he probably had a couple, you know, he was drinking. So he's going around the thing and he's like, I can't, I can't find the damn exit, Patty, you know? So, and there's 20 minutes. That's when the hand hits. So I call my mom and I'm like, yo, come back. She's like, well, we're still in the parking lot. What, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just won 75 grand. She's like seven grand. And I'm like, no, 75 grand. She's like, what, what? So she comes back in the parking lot. And uh, this is at like one, I hit it at like 1am. So we got like right before last call. So we get drinks. I'm like, yeah. Um, Drinks on you, I hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I tipped the the cocktail waitress. I tipped the dealer. Um, and I'm a dealer at that point. So like, you know, I think I took care of him uh a little bit I think I took care of him better than a, a normal person would. Yeah. Um so this whole time I was thinking at parks, like that'd be great if I dealt with the jackpot because if you deal it, you're probably gonna get hooked up not only by me, but in the jackpot, whoever's at the table gets a, of the remaining, there's 50% to the losing hand, 25% to the winning hand, and the other 25% gets distributed to anybody that was dealt in the hand. So the other four people there, you just fold your hand, you got eight, eight grand just oh, for, wow. yeah. So those guys, you know, they, they took care of the dealer too, but I was always hoping to deal it at parks because if you deal it, then you'd get hooked up by, you know, five guys that are getting like a couple grand. And then the one big guy you hope is a, is a, you know, one of the good tippers, not one of like the stiffs that doesn't really know what's going on. Um, so at parks, it has a baby jackpot and they have, they have a lot of games going on daily. So they hit it the most often. So there's a couple of dealers. I know one dealer, this dude, Mark, I think dealt it like three times. And it's, some dealers deal for 40 years and never deal it. The yeah. odds of hitting it is like, I think over more than one in a million. What, what is the bad beat? Like blackjack, what do you have to do to win it? So in poker um, and so in poker, how the house runs the game is they don't have any um, risk. What they do is they give everyone their hand. The dealer doesn't deal himself a hand. He just gives everyone cards. And how they make money is when the pot gets to $10, they take a dollar out. When it gets to 20, they take two out. So they take 10% of the pot up to like a maximum five bucks. Um, and then out of that five that they take or whatever, $1 goes to this separate pot. It's called the Bad Beat Jackpot. So like out of every pot, $1 gets put in this pot that just builds and builds and builds until it gets hit. It doesn't get hit because it's, it's one, one in a million to hit. When it gets hit is when this happens. It's when somebody has four of a kind or better and they lose the hand. Oh. So like if you have four of a kind, that's a great hand. You're, you're going to win the hand, except for if somebody else has a better hand, which is very rare that two of these monster hands are dealt in the same thing. So what, what happened when I had it is I had pocket kings and the guy had like ace jack of hearts and the flop was a king 10 something, king of hearts, 10 of hearts. The turn's a queen of hearts. He hits his royal. The river is the king, is the fourth king to give me quad kings. So I get quad kings. And then oh, so he had a royal flush? On. He had a royal flush, and I had four of a kind kings. Oh, my God. What a hand. Yeah. So I'm like, um, it's my turn to act, and I try to go, like, all in. And 
in poker, you have to like make one motion to bet your chips. You can't be like, I bet 50 and then another 50. So like I push like half my chips up and I try to push the other half up and I'm like shaking. Like, I'm like, oh, I just got four kings, you know? Oh shit. So I, the dealer is like, yo, you can't like you, that was a string bet. They call it a string bet. So it's like, you can only bet that first stack that you pushed up. And I'm like, all right, well, the first stack was a hundred and I had another like 40 bucks in my other hand. So I got, I bet the hundred and I was like, all right, hundred bucks, fine. You know, I don't need that extra 40. And the guy, instead of calling me, goes, I'm all in. So I'm like, all in, like, you really want this extra 40? You must think you have a monster hand. I instantly call and in my head, I'm like, there's no way you have a, and as I'm thinking, he's like, I got a Royal. And I'm like, he says the word Royal and he can't even say the word flush. I throw my cards on the table. I'm like, oh my God, bad beat. Quad Kings, like, let's oh, so go. you knew everyone, right away. You knew. I knew right away. Yeah, yeah, because as a dealer, like, that's what you're kind of hoping for. Like every, you're playing these small state games, but you're hoping that there's that tiny chance that you could hit this bad beat jackpot. And right when he said, like, when he raised me, I was like, there's a chance that this guy thinks he has a hand. And I have, with pocket Kings, there was no ace out there. So like, I have the top full houses blocked with my pocket Kings. Like the best he could have was besides the Royal pocket Queens for like Queens full of aces. So I was like, but he wouldn't raise, he shouldn't raise there because I could easily have King something and have a better full house. Exactly. Like I could have King Queen, King Jack, King 10 or King 10. Yeah. And um, so it was crazy. And it was wild that my parents, it was great because my parents, they've never seen me play poker. They come and see me play poker, they leave. And then 10 minutes later hit the jackpot. So now for like the next two months, my dad, whenever we're like out, my dad's like, yeah, my, my son Reds, he, he knows how to play poker, you know, <laughs> I, total luck. Like, you know, I, I'm decent at poker. Such a dad move where it's like, you know, yeah, my buddy, exactly. uh, my, my son, he's a professional poker yeah. player. Well, and that's the thing because I'm a poker dealer and I play a little bit and I went to school at Penn state for actuary science. So like, I have a strong math, yeah. math background and he, my dad's like real proud of that. And then when he finds out that I'm like going to deal poker, he's like, ah, like, I don't think he was like too, too proud. Like, you know, my dad loves me. I'm sure he's proud yeah. of me, but he wasn't too like proud of that. But when he hears about this story, he loves me like, yo, my son, you know, he really knows how to play them cards. You know, you got to know when to hold them, no one to fold them, you know? <laughs> and uh, so like, and so they got there, they got the picture with me with like the check next to me. So that was pretty cool. It was great. So that's what I wanted to ask you about the check. Thing. So do they, they give you, they give you the big check. Do they let you keep the check? No, no. So the check is like, it says Harris. It's like they use it for everything. It just says Harris and they have a pen or a, um, like a Sharpie marker, like a, a dry board. It's like a, it's like a, oh. a whiteboard type of thing. So they write Justin C and then like the number and then they take pictures and then that, then they just wipe it down and for the next promotion. So I think there you can get, and then so how they pay me, I was like, do they do like, do you want to do your taxes now or? Like, do you want it cash or chips? I was like, no, give me, a, give me a check for it all because I'll do my taxes after because like, I want to try to like declare what I can losses, but I couldn't even do that because like they considered it like a jackpot, not like a poker winning because it was over like the, like since I, the odds were like over 500 to one and over like $5,000, it was considered a jackpot. Well, that's what it was, a bad beat jackpot. So I couldn't claim like losses against it. So I had to pay taxes on this whole thing, but I mean... Hey, I'll still take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uncle Sam gets his piece, but I got my piece too. You know? So can I ask what you did with the money? Yeah. So um, that was in, I'm trying to think that was Memorial, that was Friday of Memorial day. And I got married in October of that, of that year. Last so year I Memorial the, day or the Memorial day no, before? Um, 2018, 2018 okay. is one. So, so May of 2018, I hit it. So I call my fiance at the time and I'm like, Hey, and she's at work. She works overnight uh, at Brimar Hospital as a nurse. And she's like, I'm like, hey. And she called and she's like, are you all right? And because I should be at work, but I signed like the, the EO list, the early out list, because 
my brother texted me when I was on break and said he was watching at the casinos. My mom, my mom doesn't go, they don't go to the, the track that often. So I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of work early and going down. So when I call her, this should be like five hours into my shift. She's like, Hey, is everything all right? Like, I'm like, yo, I just won 75 grand. She's like, aren't you at work? And I'm like, did you not hear me say I just won 75 grand? Like, you know, like. That's um, a nurse. That's a nurse response though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's like, you are. So, you know, she got home at like 7am. I stayed up like the whole, you know, I stayed up the, the whole night because like I was so jacked up. I couldn't fall asleep. But, you know, so we're at the casino. It took a while for them to pay me. They got to go through like the cameras, make sure that like the hand was dealt. There was no like funny business there. Um, so I, I got paid at like 3am. So like there was, it was over an hour. Like it was close to like an hour and a half that we had to wait to the paperwork. So you just took the money and spent it on the wedding and a house maybe? Yeah. 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 So, um, we already had, we already had our house. Um, and, uh, so we, for the wedding, we had it actually in my sister's backyard. It was a true Delco wedding. Um, so my sister actually, Stay true to the roots. Married, I love it. Yeah, exactly. So she's got a, uh, it's a, she's got a big property. She's got a couple acres in Havertown and Havertown's like kind of closer housing, but her backyard, um, my brother-in-law's a landscaper and they, they do pretty well. So he's got this big backyard, um, so we would always joke and be like, oh, this would be great to have a wedding here. And when we got engaged, we were like, yeah, do you think you can have it here? Like, that'd be pretty fun. So we had it there. My Your sister, sister didn't charge you for the space, did she? No, no, no. Okay. No. Um, that would have been true right. Delco fashion. Yeah, charge yeah, exactly. Own, yeah, yeah. No, no. My, 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 uh, my sister and my brother-in-law were very nice um, and they were pretty cool about it. And so I got married after the wedding. That was the night of the McGregor uh, Khabib fight. Okay. So that was a big hyped up fight. And I was like, yo, do you think we could get like a projector and project it on the side of the tent after? It's a true like Delco wedding. Party, for like the X party. So yeah, so we did that. So we got pizzas delivered there at like 1030. The fights were supposed to go at like, at like midnight. Every fight like went the distance. So it ends up being like 12, yeah. 1245 when this thing's going on. My brother-in-law was like, yo, dude, like this is late. And I'm like, a couple sheets of the wind here. I'm like, come on. It's a McGregor fight. We got to stay. And he's like, all right, dude, like you're lucky. This is your wedding. Cause like I'm about to McGregor your ass. If you don't like get the hell out of here. So we end up watching the fight. McGregor loses of course. And then um, everyone like, it's like 2am. Like a lot of people leave me, my wife, you know, she's in her white dress. I'm, we get an Uber to our house. So our Uber driver probably sees us, sees the white dress. It's like the hell is like, yeah, we just got married. Like, you're our Uber driving us home. Like not, I'm not sure how many people get an Uber um, on the way, like to their, like an Uber after, you know, you might get a limo or somebody drives you, but like, yeah, we got an Uber. Um, and actually on the way to the wedding, we got a, like a, a, the bus that was supposed to drive us there. It actually broke down on the way there. Got all the guys dropped us off at church. And then the bus dropped, the bus um, broke down. Once you got to the church and it's like, I see it, I'm bugging out. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this wedding is going to get postponed like an hour my brother, my brother-in-law, a couple other guys got in their cars, drove to like where my wife was getting ready at our house, got my wife, all the bridesmaids and drove them up. So my, my wife went, got, arrived at, at the church in the back of a like Honda Odyssey <laughs> and left uh, in like a uh, Honda Accord um, on the way to our house and an Uber. The true Delco wedding, you know? Anybody listen to this, you can hear the Delco yeah. accent probably, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Um, and it was great to have that cushion from the bad beat. You know, we could pay for it. We could get up, do a couple things. Like we got a Mr. Softy truck for the, um, Oh no the, way. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the pictures with like the ice cream cans. We got Mr. Softy to come. This, that was pretty cool. 
Did he play the song the whole time? Because the song can get nauseating after a little bit. No, I think they played the song as it came up um, okay. and then turned the song off. Because we had a DJ going, like, you know, you don't want to, we're paying for a DJ. We don't need yeah. this. Like, yeah, we know the Mr. Softy guy's here. We don't need him. To There's a Mr. This. Softy that sits on the corner. I'm, I'm in Philadelphia. It sits on the corner of my, my street every single day for four hours on end playing the song. And I, yeah. I have PTSD from that. Did you, um, did you have to go to dealing school? Because I, I used to be a bartender. And the thing about yeah. bartending was everyone thinks you have to go to bartending school, but really you just get a, a bar back job and you'll work yourself up. Is, is that the same yeah. way or? So, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Um, you do need, uh, you do need a, a certain hours of training. So for, for Harris, um, they had, it was free blackjack school. So they would say, like the, the schooling was free and if you pass, then you got a job. And if not, then like, if you fail the course, then like, I mean, it was free. We're not charging anything, but like, you're not getting a job if you fail the course. It makes sense. Was it and, easy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was easy for me. Um, I mean, I went to like, you're a math guy. I have, I have a math. Yeah. I have a math background and I gambled, like I gambled since I was like 10 years old. So like, I, I know blackjack. I know like, yeah. I know basic strategy. So it's like one of those things where the guy's like, all right, I want to split these tens. And I'm like, well, nobody would split the tens. And he's like, well, somebody might want to. I was like, well, then they're an idiot. And he's like, well, you're the dealer. You can't just say that to somebody. I was like, all right, all right, my bad. Like, I'm getting carried away here. Like, so during the, I'm that idiot, the by the way. was all right. Yeah, that split sends. I love it. I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I get mad at people that get mad at people that split the tens. Like, in Blackjack, like, if you're at the table and someone's like, I can't be here because this guy's playing, every card is independent. So you could be, it doesn't matter if you're next to somebody who's playing basic. They're not playing your hand. Mm. You don't know what the next card is. It has no, it has like, someone's like, you took my 10. Well, if it was a three, would you be bitching? You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what the next card is. That gets me so mad that someone's like, oh, I can't play with like a guy who doesn't know what he's doing next to me. It's like, well, if that guy's playing with your cards, that makes sense. But if he's not playing with your cards, it doesn't, it has no effect to you. My roommate, he invested in Dogecoin like a year ago or two years ago. And he's like, if, if I had my investment now that I had today, I'd be, have a hundred thousand dollars. Like you don't have the investment. So it doesn't matter. It's not yours anymore. Yeah. Like stop. So, I mean, yeah. So many people just think like that. And it's like, yeah. that's not, the, that, that's not how it is. Like, that's not, that's the furthest thing from the truth. You know what I mean? And if, if you did like, yeah, people love saying that even if you did get in, like at the early times, you, you don't think you would have sold when it got the 10 X, 20 X, 30 X, you would have been some hero that held on to your whole thing until it got to hundred X. Yeah. Like you, you, you were the guy that bought at the bottom and sold at the top and didn't, and didn't go, didn't wait past it got to the top and you didn't sell any before you waited till the, the pinnacle of, of the, yeah, like it's just nuts. People love like doing that, you know, oh, Tesla, I could have got in early. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, did you ever encounter anyone who counted cards? Um, I only dealt for a month, so I don't now. think so. So maybe there was, I mean, I, I think there's only one or two guys who are betting like more than like 50 bucks at a time. Um, so I don't think so. Um, is it not worth it to eat? Cause it's not illegal, which I feel like people forget that counting cards is not illegal. It's more like frowned upon. They'll kick you out if they, if they count it. But, and I heard a lot of dealers are kind of like, if it's a low hand, it's not really worth getting into that kind of argument with somebody or accusing them. Yeah. So I don't know about that, but I, I would think that, um, that it wouldn't really be the dealer look, it would be more like the pit boss. The that's kind of, and, and, and with counting cards, it's more about the betting, um, the betting increments. Like when you're counting cards, what you're doing is you're betting um, like a, like a normal unit. And then when, when the count gets in your favor, when, when the, when the edge flips. So when you have, instead of 49%, you're at like 51%, you want to bet higher. So like the way that you would be able to like detect the card counter isn't because it's going like, Oh, five, six, seven, eight. they're not doing that. They're doing it all in their head, but you would detect it by uh, 
like irregular betting patterns. Like if a guy's betting like 20 bucks, 20 bucks, a hundred, a hundred, 20. And some guys bet 20 and then if they win, they double it up, they double it up. If the guy's hot, that's one thing. But if the guy's betting, changing his patterns, not because he's winning or is losing, like just like on like a timeline, like if the deck's hot or not, that's something that I think, and I think it would be the, the pit boss because the pit boss is kind of just looking around doing this, you know, the, the black deck dealer, that guy's got to like, you know, just like it's hard to count cards, it's hard for the dealer to watch somebody count cards because he's got to decide if he's got a hit. You know, if he's got 15, he's got to take another card. If he's got 17, he's got to stay. He's got to realize how much he's got to pay out. Like, he, they got more stuff to worry about than count, card counters. And also at the same time, I mean, if you're getting paid like 15 bucks an hour, you don't give a shit. You'd actually yeah, probably true. want the guy to be card, counting cards because maybe if he's counting cards, you're letting, him, you're letting him go. He might hook you up with a tip. That's you true. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't give, like, Mr. Harris, I don't give a shit about him. You know what I mean? Like, I give a shit about Nate. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to get mine. You know, I love so that. yeah, like, I'm sure Mr. Harris is doing all right. You know, I'm, I'm sure if if one guy was counting cards, you know, I'm sure his pockets would still be uh, greased very similarly. Exactly. He um, what what's insurance in blackjack? Because I feel like nobody understands insurance. Yeah. So insurance is when the dealer is showing an ace. Um, so it's when the dealer has a possibility of getting blackjack. Um, so you can get insurance. Um, you can, I'm trying to think, I haven't dealt blackjack for so long. Um, cause it's not surrender. So I'm just going to have your, uh, you can get insurance and I think you put up your bet. You have to match your bet. And if the dealer has blackjack, then you get your money back. But if the dealer doesn't have blackjack, then you lose that side bet. You lose the side. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas surrender is when, like you have your two cards and you, he has his, two, and you see that he's showing like a, an ace or a, ten, or a 10 and you're just like, yo, give me half my bet back. Like uh, I, I got a 13 and you got an eight. Like this shit don't look yeah. good for me. Like I'm out. Um, um, yeah. You, you didn't see too much. Uh, like they offer surrender and, um, and insurance and blackjack. I, I, there wasn't too many people that, that took it up. Yeah. Surrender. I've never heard of, um, but I, I kind of like it. Uh, insurance. I think I just went one time to Rivers, and the first time I went there, everyone at the table said no to insurance. So I said no to insurance. I don't think I ever wanted to ever do insurance ever again. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like I'm trying to remember, uh, like the like the basic strategy, like the card. I don't think there's like because I would remember it's like oh if the dealer has this, you have this, then get insurance or get. I think it's a it's a negative EV move. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't mm -hmm. take insurance. Like it's in the long run, it's a bad move. I think I like it's. That but it's a cool like wrinkle in the rules that people are like, Oh yeah. Like I want insurance. It's like, well, you're, you might, it might work out that hand, but in the long run, it's bad for you. And that's why the casino offers it. You know, most of these side bets, these quirks, the casino offers it to you because it's not good for you. You know, Oh yeah. The side bet. Oh, those uh, side bets are trash. They're like, that's like the worst. I mean, and it's not just the, the lucky lady side bet. Like it's any two cards that add to 10, you get like four to one on your money. Yeah. And then if it's two cards that if it's two cards that are suited and it adds to twenty, it's like ten to one. If it's two cards that are the same, like the ten of diamonds, the ten of diamonds, it's like twenty-five to one. And if it's a queen of hearts, a queen of hearts, it's like I think it's a hundred to one or two hundred fifty to one. And if it's a queen of hearts and the queen of hearts, and the dealer has blackjack, it's a thousand to one. So like there's just these like tears where it's like oh if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, it's like you know it's like when you were like a little kid and you were watching like Phillies game and they were down like nine one in the ninth inning, you're like. Well, if they get a grand slam and then another grand slam, we're tied and we, we can stay out and maybe miss school tomorrow. And then they could exactly. go to 30 innings. Like, you know, yeah. you're like, well, this, that, like, it's just, you know, these ridiculous uh, 
what what ifs what ifs it was just like a progressive thing for the the high hand but yeah they were sucker bets um you're 100 percent right because i win a couple hands i'm throwing five dollars on the lucky ladies and there's just five dollars most likely back in the pot american betters people like that mentality of risk a little bit to win a lot so like that like that lottery ticket side bet is what is very attractive so put yourself in uh in a person's playing shoes is it a dickhead move to come in mid-shoe when someone's kind of hot at, at, the, at the blackjack table? I wouldn't come in mid-shoe because I, I, know, that people, I know that people don't like that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be – I if someone came in mid-shoe and I was on a hot streak, I wouldn't be mad. I would kind of be like, ah, you probably shouldn't because of, like, like um, uh, the etiquette. Like, it, it, yes. you shouldn't do it because of the etiquette. You should wait till the shoe's over. Um, similar to if you're playing craps, you should wait until like the guy craps out or he hits the point. Like if a guy, if he has the point at like nine, you know, and he rolls like a six and then a five and a four and he doesn't roll seven or a nine yet, you shouldn't, you should wait till he rolls a seven and craps out or rolls a nine and gets the point. You shouldn't like be like, yeah, let me get a hard four. Like you shouldn't do that. Just like you shouldn't with, with blackjack. Yeah. I don't think you should do that. Um, yeah. It kind of slows the game. It, it kind of slows the game down. Like, it's slowing down when the guy has to reshuffle for the shoe. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's like the etiquette. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be too upset just if, if, in craps. If somebody came in the middle, if I was like, I don't really care about that shit, but I know other people do. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't do that. Have you seen, have you ever seen, I know you only dealt blackjack for a month, but have you seen someone be like, cause a lot of times people will be like, Hey, can I sit down here? And what are you supposed to say? No. If you're, if you're at like a $20 hand, it's like, sure. Yeah. But like, have you yeah. ever seen people be like, yeah, don't sit down. And did people uh, get angry at him? No, nah, I never seen that. But like, if somebody didn't want somebody to sit down, typically what they'll do is they'll either like they'll take up two spots and only play one hand, or they'll have like oh. a marker on the spot, and or have like, one of their friends like sit with them, or their girlfriend sit with them at the table. And that's that is not take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they're taking, if they're sitting at the, they're sitting and they're not playing a hand. You're just taking up a seat, and if the place is packed on like a Friday night, it's like you're taking up a seat that like you really shouldn't be sitting. If it's an empty casino, sit down, whatever, that's fine. But if it's, if it's like packed and like all six seats are taken and five of them are playing and one is like the dude's girlfriend, I don't think it's a girlfriend's fault. I think it's your fault. I think you yeah. should go, go to a slot machine. Like if you're at the casino with your girlfriend, I don't think that you should be like hurt, hurting to play blackjack. Like, uh, you but know, you, if you, you as the dealer, I, I think it's normal for the dealer to be like, hey, miss, sir. Uh, someone wants to play. Do you mind getting up? And and nine times out of ten, yeah. you got to think they're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, and it makes sense. Like the casino doesn't want her to sit there because they want another seat there. They want another hand, another bet. Like they want that person sitting down. I'm trying to think. I mean, this is like this is uh like five. I'm trying to think. When did I deal? I, this was like five years ago. Um, th- there was never anything because like I don't. I wouldn't want to say as a dealer like, hey, do you mind if this guy gets up? But like. If they asked, I'm sure that they would ask if they want, wanted the seat. But if the guy like didn't want to, or the guy's like, "Hey, do you mind if I?" If it was like a like a like an empty table or something, or there's one spot left. If there was a, a seat there, it's like, "Hey, can I sit down?" The guy didn't want the dude to sit down. I don't think they'd say no, but I think they might be like, "Uh, I guess, yeah, whatever." Like you know, yeah. you're like you're either gonna be like, "Yeah, sure, that's no problem," or if you if you say no, if you want the answer to be no, and you don't want to say no, there's a lot of ways you can be like, "Uh." Uh, yeah, I guess. Like you, you kind of like you don't say yes right away. You kind of do that. Uh, I mean, and if if I'm asking to, to sit down and the guy gives me that, I'm getting. The, I'm going to a different table because I don't yeah. like if I'm if I'm playing blackjack and I'm 
I want to have a good time, you know, like I'm there to have a good time. Like it's me against a dealer. Like if I'm going to like, not with poker, like at poker, when I play, I want to sit down with some dudes like, I don't want you to be here. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm staying here then. Cause at poker, what you're doing is you're taking money from other players. Yeah. Like the poker is a game where like you can have an edge. You're, you're not fighting against the house. You're fighting against the other players. You're trying to beat the house, taking a little bit out of the pot. But if you're good enough, if you're good enough and you can beat the players at, at enough edge, then you can make money playing poker. That's why there's professional poker players. There's no professional craps players. There's no professional roulette players. Blackjack is a little bit different because of counting cards, but like, unless you're good enough to count cards, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a game where the house has an edge with poker. If you're just as good as everyone else, then the house has an edge because they're just going to take a little bit of money from everybody. But if you're good enough, they can take the money from everyone else and not really you. Hmm. Now the best, the best thing at uh, blackjack tables, I don't really play poker or, or roulette or, uh, well, I play roulette, but I don't really play craps. I need to get into craps. I love playing against the house. And I know I've been at some blackjack tables, you know, a couple, uh, 2 a.m. in the morning at, uh, at Rivers or Sugar House, whatever it's called now, um, and just playing against the dealer. And you just have a nice little table. There's nothing yeah. better than that. Yeah, exactly. And it's great because, like, everyone's on the same team. Like, everyone's shooting yeah. against the dealer. So, like, when the dealer busts, like, if everyone still has a live hand, you know, the dealer's on a six. Like, if the dealer's on a six, nobody should bust. Like once you get to 12 or higher, you should stay because the dealer's got a six and it's a bus car. So it's great when, yeah, you got three or four and it's, if, if it's your buddy, it's great too. But even if it's strangers, you know, it's like the camaraderie is great. The dealer and you know, the dealer's got 15. Everyone's a monkey, monkey, monkey. The guy rips a jack and you're like, Everybody's yeah. going nuts. Yeah. Everyone's going nuts. Everyone's doing high fives. You know, the guy's got 20 bucks and the other guy's got 200, but they're celebrating the, the, the same amount. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it's, it's, it's all to each their own. It doesn't matter if you want 20 bucks. It's all, like the camaraderie, it's great, yeah. you know? So like, yeah, you can't beat that. You know what I mean? Especially at 2 a.m. The drinks are flowing, you know? You might put your arm around something like, yeah, man, what's going yeah. on? Like, where are you from, dude? Like, yeah, let's get it. Let's go to the bar, man. Like, yeah, there's just. I'm always a big say yes to the casino trip at 2 a.m. I'm always, yeah. I think when you're, when you're younger in your early 20s, always say yes to the casino trip because one day you're not going to be able to say yes to the casino trip. Yeah, I'm in that. I have a, I have a two-year-old daughter right now and another one on the way. So yeah. about two years ago, I mean, that was right around that when I hit that bad beat was uh, my wife was, we had our daughter a year later. Once you have uh, a child, it's tough to, especially when she works overnight. I mean, even if she didn't work overnight, it's tough to justify being like, yo, are you okay watching this kid? I'm going to go to gen my balls off down at the local casino and just like rip it in on blackjack roulette, all this other stuff. So the pit bosses, is it like the movies? They catch some guy cheating. They catch no. some guy counting cards now. Nah, they're nice. All they're there for is to basically, and I, this is what I love and from blackjack and they're there to defend the dealer. When the dealer makes a mistake, they take the heat, which is great because like it makes it very comfortable to be a dealer and know that if you make a mistake, the dealer's not going to, and the player starts pitching at you and, you know, starts, you just go, you know, floor and you get the floor over and they'll try to justify the mistake and do what they can, but they're never going to be like, they'll never rip you in front. Like, they'll never be like, why the fuck do you hit? Like, you know, would you overpay me? Underpay? Like they never, ever show you up, embarrass you, do anything like that. And same with poker. Like sometimes on poker, like you deal the flop and some guy bets 20 bucks and two guys call and there's a third guy that didn't put his money in. I don't even see his cards. And I get the money and I put out the, like the turn and the one guy's like, Oh, he didn't call yet. And I'm like, Oh shit. And then it's like, Oh, you got to get the floor over. They're never, they're there just to like protect us, which is great. And whenever somebody complains, like if someone's like getting like belligerent, 
you're just like, yeah, we'll call the floor over, they'll get security, they'll take them out. Like the floor was, uh, was great because um, they, they were mainly there just to have your back. Um, but I never saw them. I mean, in blackjack, I never saw a card counter. So, so they weren't but, breaking, they're not breaking knees. No, no, I know that. No, no. They're going to tell people all they do. If they find somebody um, counting cards, they're going to politely ask them to leave. And then if they find them come back, then they'd give them like a formal issue. And after that, they would be trespassing and they would get arrested. So like, they're not breaking. Yeah. It's not like a casino where like, yeah, you see like, are you left or right-handed? And it's like, all right, give me his hand. It's like, bam, he smashes the dude's hand with a hammer. Um, yeah, it's not like that. Damn. Or maybe it is. I mean, I was never a pit bull. So, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> let, we'll let the uh, listeners uh, decipher that one. All right. Last one before I get you out of here. They pump oxygen into the casino, right? To make you stay longer? Most, most definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is straight. O2. That is oxygen. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's like after running for like a 90-yard touchdown or running the kickoff back and you're on the sideline getting oxygen. Like you get into a casino after a night of drinking, you feel like a new man. Oh yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You're, you're hammered. And then you get there and you're like, I'm not bad now. Yeah. yeah the casino, they do all the tricks. They, they wake you up. So that way you're there. You're not like, Oh, I need to go home. Like I'm tired. They got no clocks in the casino. So that way you don't know what time it is and there's no windows. So that way you can't see when it goes from nighttime to daytime where it's like, Oh fuck, it's five thirty in the morning. Well, you don't, you don't know because you know what? It's actually seven thirty in the morning. It's been three hours just went by and you didn't even realize it. How has how sports betting impacted the casino? Because I feel like with online casinos and sports betting, people should be more staying home than they are going in on site. Is that true or am I just being naive? Um, I think so. Once sports betting got legalized, like in May of uh, 2018, um, I think it was like three years ago, um, that got mobilized and was great. And that was also a push for like mobile, like these sports books the mobile app they also have mobile casino so like there's a lot of mobile casino but some people like even myself like i i know it's regulated and it's not rigged but like i'd rather see that that card in front of me that ball spinning on the wheel like actually in front of me the dice rolling like i don't want it on i my think phone. there's a lot of russian algorithms because i have some buddies who love the online uh casino and they're like hey i'm up five grand this week hey i'm down 10 grand the next week i think it's all russian algorithm yeah i mean i i I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I don't have the algorithm. I can tell you that. Yeah. I, I, if I did, you know, I might, I might fill you in. You know, but I'm right there with you. Where I'd rather be in person, knowing I'm not getting fucked, because I think on a phone I could definitely be getting fucked more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the phone it's just a little bit more. Um, it's I don't know. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's rigged, but I, I'd rather be there. And then even when you're in there, like the money thing, like you, when you see that cash in your hand, that's real. Like it's, it's true. It's real. Where like on your phone, like you know, your account might be up like that 200 bucks, your account might go to 2000, but like the next day you don't really see that because it's still in your account. And like, I don't really like withdraw, like when I'm like on like the mobile apps and sportsbook apps, if I win a bet or I lose a bet, I'm not like withdraw. Like I let that money just ride in there until, cause I don't feel like withdrawing and putting money in and out, in and out. I'm sure it's de- like, you know, it's easy, but like, I don't, I'd rather be at the actual casino and have that straight cash, you know, maybe, maybe fly past pass on the way home, you know, get a little cheesesteak. They make it a lot easier to deposit on the mobile apps than they do to withdraw. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, I know. I know that for sure. I know that for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that is pretty funny. That, Anything that else you though. want to talk about that I didn't ask you? No, I guess uh, the the one thing I would say is like when you go there. I mean, I've been there on uh on the casino. I've been to the casinos on like the holidays, mm-hmm. but I've worked at them on holidays and on like Christmas it was kind of brutal because it's like yeah. the people there are like miserable. Like I was there on like New Year's one day like new year's eve and it's 
I mean, New Year's Eve isn't like a real holiday, but it's one of those things where it's like, we're, we need 20 guys here to deal when we probably only need like six, but we need 20 here because of you guys, you, you guys that don't have any place to go. So you guys are like, let's go to the casino. Like on Christmas or something, it's like, have fun, like go spend time with your family. Like, what, like you don't need to be at the casino. So the casino kind of like, it, it, the holidays was the one thing that was kind of brutal, like working on holidays sure, because yeah. I was there because we need a certain amount of people, but that amount of people would be less if there wasn't so many people that were at the casinos on holidays. So holidays was the one thing that kind of stunk being, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, being at the casino and being like, oh my God, like I'm here because of this guy who's not tipping, you know what I mean? And that I mean, those I, the people that are there. It's the I've done a 9 a.m. trip to the casino before. It's sad. Seeing the seeing the grandmothers with the oxygen tanks, yeah, at the, yeah, uh, exactly. At the slots and at the blackjack tables, ripping it, yeah, yeah, spending the pension. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And they don't even know if they're winning or not because they're hitting that lever again. They could have hit the jackpot and they wouldn't even know. They'd see it at the end and be like, "Yeah, but they're just, you know, repeat repeat action on that lever pull." Just mindless yeah. numbing until they croak. Yeah. But hey, that's life, isn't it? That is life. Kyle, I appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you very rats. much. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I wish you were still dealing. I would come by and, uh, yeah. and, and see you sometime. Yeah, well, if you, if you were a card counter, I, I would let you, you know, <laughs> count as long as you could. <laughs>